Welcome to the Online Business Besties Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping you build a successful online business that enables complete lifestyle, location, and financial freedom. If you're a go-getter who's dreaming of building an online business and living your best life, then you, girl, are in the right place. Each week, we'll bring you tested strategies along with stories from our guest expert besties to show you just how possible this life is and exactly how it's done. And now here's your host, online business educator, Paige Brunton. Hey, girl. Welcome to episode number 21. Today, we're talking all about personal budgeting when you deal with having an inconsistent business revenue. So if you work for yourself and your business revenue is all over the place, we're going to talk about how you can pay yourself consistently and deal with your budget personally when that is the case for you. Now, businesses are notorious for making wildly different amounts of revenue from month to month. If you check out my income reports on the blog, those are at pagebrunton.com forward slash income, by the way, you could tell that my business revenue is drastically different from month to month and your business is honestly likely to be the same. But then how do you deal with that personally? It's tough to pay your bills when you don't make enough one month and then the other month you're rolling in it and you start going wild with your spending. But if you work for an employer, have a quick newsflash. They also deal with inconsistent business revenue too, but regardless, they pay their employees a consistent salary every single month. So in today's episode, I want to share how to handle both the inconsistent business revenue and yet still pay yourself a consistent salary. And then I do also have some tips on managing your personal budget so you can stay on budget and so that you don't start using your business savings as a bank account. Now, these are the things which I have done to help me really manage my personal finances and business finances, and I really hope that some these ideas help you as well. Now, before we get into the episode, there's just one thing I want you to hear first. So you know you want to run an online business, which allows you a lifestyle of complete freedom, but you're stuck figuring out which online business idea would actually work for you. Not to worry, my online business matchmaker training is just for you. Think of the training like a cocktail. We're going to mix together the passions and talents that you already have, your dreamy ideal customer, and successfully proven online business revenue models. Get immediate access to the totally free 30-minute video training and accompanying workbook at pagebrunton.com forward slash matchmaker. Again, that's pagebrunton.com forward slash M-A-T-C-H-M-A-K-E-R. All right, so let's get into it. My first tip for you when it comes to your budget is to pay yourself monthly. Now, when you work for a job, it is frequently happens that you get paid every two weeks. But honestly, I found when I started trying to figure that out, that got really confusing for me because some months have four weeks, some months have five weeks. I just found paying myself every two weeks um, a little bit confusing when I was trying to like manage the finances of my business and the way I wanted to. And so I found that paying myself every single month, once a month was the easiest way for me to manage the thing. And then I make my budget monthly. So in order for you to not be confused, if you're trying to like work out some strategy for how much you're paying yourself, which I'm going to talk about that in a second. If you figured out some strategy, but you're trying to figure out, wait, how many weeks are there in the year and when do I pay myself? And then how do I work that into my per- personal budget? I would honestly say just pay yourself 12 times in the year. That is once a month and it makes it a heck of a lot easier to deal with. So then once you decide to pay yourself monthly, let's talk about how much you should actually be paying yourself. As an example, let's say that you want to pay yourself 50% of what your business makes, and then you want another 25% and 25% to go to expenses and taxes. Now, of course, depending on where you live and what your tax rate is, that could change, but those are going to be our example numbers for now. So 50% goes to yourself, 25% for your expenses, and 25% for taxes. Now, let's say, for example, that your business made $5,000 in revenue last month, you would then take home $2,500. 
But what if your revenue is different every single month? Your rent is probably consistent. The amount you spend on groceries and your car insurance, all those things, those are pretty consistent. What if your business revenue is inconsistent? What I do instead is I average the past 12 months, or honestly, if your business hasn't been going for 12 months, average however long you have of business history. So I average the past 12 months of revenue. When I do this, this is what happens, is I build up a reserve of money to pay myself. So I basically have created my own emergency fund. When I started my business, my first month, I might have made a couple hundred dollars. And then the next month and the next month and the next month, it started growing every single month. And it's been growing pretty consistently. There's definitely ups, there's definitely downs. But overall, it's been having an upward trend since I got started. What happens when you average the past 12 months, if your business is consistently growing, is that you build up a reserve to pay yourself. So your average of your last 12 months, your older months, your beginning months are sort of like bringing bringing that down. And so you're not paying yourself everything. And so again, that's how you build up that little like emergency fund for yourself. The other good thing about this is that you don't treat your new best month like your new normal because we definitely have the tendency to do that. We think, oh my God, I killed it this month. And you start spending as if that is what's going to happen forever. And that's not the case. The next month, you're probably back down to where you were before. Let's say, for example, that your business revenue ranged from 3000 to 7000 a month, and the average over the past 12 months was 5000 a month. So you pay yourself that 2500 a month. And then what I would suggest is that you reevaluate your salary every three or six months. And from there, so again, say I average from December to January, and I determine, okay, yeah, average was 5000 I'm paying myself 50%, so I'm paying myself 2500 Then again, at the end of quarter one, then I would be reevaluating again. So I have a consistent salary for that three-month period, or if you would like to do this over a bit longer of a period, you could do it every six months. So you have that consistent salary for that amount of time, but it is changing based off how well your business is doing, I guess you would say. Month to month, you do have a rough idea. I'll be making this much money. It doesn't change every single month. And depending on how often you want to reevaluate your salary, that's how long you have that consistent salary for. The other thing that happens, as I mentioned, is that you build up your own emergency fund when you do this, and you basically become your own bank or employer. So you decide on the total number of months that you want to have saved to pay yourself. So let's say, for example, you have a goal of you want to be sure that you have enough to pay yourself for, say, six months. So I want you to write down that goal, how much that would be currently based off your salary that you're paying yourself, and then track your progress. As you build up money, sort of like waiting in your little business emergency fund for paying yourself, you'll realize, oh, okay, I've got $10,000 in there. If I pay myself $2,500 a month, I'm good for this many months. And again, the way this happens is if you're averaging over the past 12 months, and generally your business is growing from the time you've started it, then your business revenue rises and you'll start saving money in your little business emergency fund. Now, the next thing that you need to do in order to manage your finances personally is to create a budget with all of the important categories included. Basically, you can't be forgetting any important spots. Now, let me go over the categories which I do have in my personal budget so you might get some ideas on things you might be missing if you don't have them all in there. So you would mark down rent or mortgage, phone and internet, health insurance, groceries, Netflix is what I have. I have a spot in my budget for gifts. I would find that December would roll around and I would be breaking the bank (laughs) on gifts and I realized this isn't going to come out of nowhere. Christmas happens every single year. I should start saving for 
this throughout the year. So I have a section for gifts. I have a section of my budget for our cleaning man who comes and cleans our apartment once a week. I have a life budget and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I actually recently gave myself a budget for shopping for outfits. I have a transportation slash car payment budget and then like a fitness slash gym portion of my budget. I do pay a bank fee every single month because I do really like the bank that I have. I also pay for accident insurance and therapy. So those are the sections of my budget. I also have a separate section of my budget, which is like a saving section of my budget. So in my savings area, I'm saving for retirement, my house down payment, my wedding, vacations, and an emergency fund. So that's correct. I have an emergency fund sort of within my business and then also within my personal budget. Let me quickly go and explain some of these things more in detail. So let me talk about what life is. Um, I call it either life or fun money. And so basically what this is used for is like restaurants, entertainment, house items. Like I recently bought a blender and a throw blanket and basically everything else. When we went and got our marriage license done, that was in my like, it came out of my fun money. Or if I've overspent in a different category, like for example, gifts or my phone bill was more expensive one month, it comes out of that life or fun money. I also do have that personal emergency fund. So I like to be extra safe because I do work for myself. And so within my business, I have a goal of saving for six months worth of paying myself if the business were not to make another dollar tomorrow. And then also within my personal savings, it's also my goal. I'm not quite there yet, but to get six months of personal savings as well, sort of to have a personal emergency fund. So between the two, I could not work for a year straight and I would be good. I would not be hurting. Let's also talk about saving for retirement when you work for yourself. This was a big one for me. I really, really spent so much time researching this and trying to figure this one out and talking to financial advisors to figure out what I should be doing and how much I need to be saving in order to be good in retirement. So if you work for yourself, you do need to DIY this. Your company will not just do it for you. So this is something you really need to take into consideration. Now, before I go into this, I will just say, disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor. I just read a whole bunch of financial books in order to inform myself, and this is what I'm doing. So I hope this information helps you. But again, not a financial advisor. (laughs) So what I'm doing is I say 15% of my take home for retirement, and then I invest that in the lowest cost index funds that you can buy. So for example, let's say that you're paying yourself $2,500 a month. What is 15% of that? It is $375. So in that case, I would take that $375, put it into an investment account where I purchase the lowest cost index funds that I can buy. Now, the rule that you'll read often when you go through like financial books is save 10%. But obviously, if you're older, you're going to need to save more. I started saving for retirement after I paid off my student loan. So I was 27 when I got started, which is a little bit closer to 30. So I felt I figured 15% felt like a safer bet. Now, before you say, oh, Paige is doing 15%, so I will too. I definitely think that it's useful for you to read a little bit about this. So I'm going to give you some recommendations on books that I really, really enjoyed when I was making these decisions. So the first one, which I would recommend you read, is The Little Book of Common Sense Investing by John Bogle. That is definitely like highly recommended from me. Not the most thrilling read in the world, but I think there is absolutely solid, solid, really useful content in there. The other thing which I would suggest is there's, you know, those like for dummies books, there's actually like personal finance for Canadian dummies or American dummies or Australian dummies, whatever it is. That was actually really useful, not to just learn about investing, but sort of like the entire financial picture, which also had some solid advice in there. Then if you are doing anything where you're sort of like traveling around and maybe not staying in one country permanently for life and so you're kind of dealing with 
trying to invest and save your money and manage your money, but you're constantly moving around, then the book The Millionaire Teacher is actually really solid for that. It's written by a teacher who is they work at international schools around the world and he was constantly moving. And so he was talking about investing and saving his money and saving for retirement when he was dealing with moving all the time. So it's sort of aimed at international teachers. But honestly, if you're a digital nomad, it's also really solid for you too. So the information is pretty interchangeable, I would say, between the two professions regardless. So the last one, which I would say was also pretty good, it's very short and sweet, was the index card as well. So I'm going to link all of those books for you in the show notes. So if you do head to pagebrunton.com forward slash 21. This is episode 21. So again, it's pagebrunton.com forward slash 21. You can find the links to all of those books there. Now, moving right along with our budget, let's talk about writing down what you spend. Now, I use something called YNAB, which is you need a budget both to manage some of the business finances and my personal finances. And I have used many financial softwares in the past, like Mint and other ones before. I also used to write down in a note on my phone what I was spending every single day. The reason that I moved over to YNAB and really love it is that you can sort of like, it sort of worked in the way that I thought about my money. So I think about, okay, I have these categories of my budget and I want to take money, not just from like my total amount of money in my bank account, but I want to take it from the specific categories. So if I spend money on gas, I want to take it from my transportation category. And if I spend money on a movie or I spend money on, I don't know, going out to dinner, then I want to take that from my like my life budget. And so YNAB enabled me to do that. It enabled me to create sort of sections within my budget for the different things that I spend money on. And then and every single time that I spend money, I go into YNAB and I mark it down and I take it from whichever is the related category. And so it shows you, okay, well, you're done with everything in your fun money category, but you still have money left over in, I don't know, transportation, for example. So normally I would say write down everything you spend, but I would actually say there are a few things that you could probably skip in YNAB, to be honest, if you ask me. So things that are the same every single month, you don't really need to write those things down. So say my phone bill, my rent, my insurance, my gym, my Netflix. It's the exact same every single month, so I don't actually put it into my YNAB. I just use YNAB for the things that like I'm spending different amounts at different times to sort of keep on track. How much do I still have left in that thing? If I do say, for example, I overspend on my phone bill, then I do realize that and I take that out of my sort of like fun money area. In order to really stick to your budget, I don't know if you've ever had this feeling, you look in your bank account, I don't know, whenever in the month and you just go, my God, where did the money go? Like, I don't know where it went. When you write down what you're spending, get into this habit, you never have that question again. I could tell you I would need to go find my financial note. I used to literally just use my notes app and I would write down everything, every single thing I was spending and sort of like do the calculations myself of how much I had left um, in my different categories for the month. But yeah, so either way, YNAB or just literally a note in your phone, either one works. The last thing which I would suggest to really like keep you organized in your budget is to write down anything unusual that happened with your money in a fun in some sort of like note or doc so i use a google doc and i just call it my like financial note for whatever year and that's where i note down anything like strange that happened so let's say for example there's some weird things that happen that like really screw up your budget which is super annoying but let's say maybe you paid for a trip like a group trip somewhere and you're waiting for people to pay you back. And so what I do is I'll note down, okay, I paid this much money for a trip with these people 
am owed this much from each person. And then I sort of like highlight that what I'm owed from whoever. And then I remember when I go back into my financial note, oh, once they've paid me, I can sort of like unmark their name or whatever happened. Um, So I highlight anything that sort of like needs my attention, uh, I guess you would say. So that is my financial note. There are so many times where I've gone back and I just went like, I don't remember what happened or I transferred this money and I don't know why. And so if you write it down in a financial note, it tends to be really helpful. So those are all my tips on managing your budget when you work for yourself and have an inconsistent business revenue but want to pay yourself and manage your budget consistently. I do want to say that I know, well, this can be one of the scariest things for people who are going to work for themselves. I do have to say that, honestly, it is possible to overcome this sort of like hurdle and this is not a it does not need to be a make or break for you working for yourself. It really is possible to manage your finances perfectly fine when you work for yourself. It does take definitely more work on your part to be thinking about things like your retirement and how much you should be paying yourself and trying to figure out your strategy for doing it. But I hope this episode definitely helped. Thanks so much for hanging out with us for this episode of the Online Business Besties podcast. If you love the show, be sure to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And of course, check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at pagebrunton.com. 